Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise. You may be seated. You know, I, I know when a message is important because of the distractions that come with it. Amen. I know when a message is, is going to be powerful because of the distractions that come with it. And I really believe that the enemy does not want you to hear this message tonight with all my heart, soul, mind, and strength. I believe it that much that the enemy will do everything to deceive you. So this is why I want everybody to come back in and, you know, sit down and listen to this message because it is important. Very important. You know, we always talk about we're living in the last days. Amen. We always talk about that. We are in the last days. We are in the last days. We are in the last days. What signs? What wonders? Well, I'm going to speak tonight, and I want you to, to pay close attention and give yourself uh, an examination tonight and put yourself, I mean, try to figure out where you're at. Amen? Don't worry about your neighbor where she's at or he's at or, or your, you know, your grandma or your, your grandfather or whatever. Tonight is is to examine where you're at in your relationship with God. Amen? Amen? Because most of us want to believe that we're Christians. Amen? That's why we showed up tonight. Amen? Why else would we be here? Amen? And so I'm going to share something tonight, and, you know, and if you can match up to this, then, hey, you're in. Very simple. There's no, there's no grade. It's either pass or fail. Pass, you get to go to heaven. Fail. Hmm. So I want to turn our Bibles to Amos chapter 8, beginning with verse 11. And so when, when I say, like, I'm telling you right now, distractions, I, I, I mean, listen, I'm talking about everything under the sun is going to come to try to stop you from hearing this message. There's people that should have been here tonight that somehow, some way, they didn't make it tonight. And, you know, there's a lot of people that were on their way and something this happened and that happened and this happened and that happened. I really believe that the enemy did not want them to hear this message, so I'm hoping they record it. And if they didn't record it, I'll hopefully you take notes and maybe give it to them. Amen? Amen? And so this is what the Bible says in Amos chapter 8. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that you would speak to us. And Lord, that you, Father God, would show us tonight where we stand with you in Jesus' name. Amen. So Amos, going once, going twice. Once again, someone say distractions. But someone say thank God. We have Bibles. Else they would be fired. So I'm going to read it real quick to you. Amos chapter 8. Beginning with 11. And he says, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord God. That I will send a famine on the land. Not a famine of bread. Someone say, not a famine of bread. Not a famine of water. 
but of hearing the words of the Lord. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that I will send a famine. Someone say famine on the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but hearing the words of the Lord. The Lord is sending a famine, and it's not a famine of bread because we all ate tonight. Amen. And it's not a famine of water because we we have access to water. The word famine means drought or lack of or shortage. And you may be thinking to yourself, we're not lacking much. Amen. Even the poorest of poor in America eat better than most people. Amen. Amen. And so God is sending a famine. And you say, why would God send a famine of lacking of hearing of his word? Because the Bible says if you would draw near to him, he would draw near to you. And the reason why the famine is coming, because we are living in the last days. The Bible says there will be wars and rumors of wars, right? Famines, someone say famines, not just a normal type of famine, but different types of famines. And one of the famines that I believe is in the United States of America is not a lack of food, nor a lack of water, nor a lack of knowing God's word. Because guess what? Everybody had access to God's word with their phone right now. Amen? And so what are you saying, Pastor? It is a lack, listen, it is a famine of love. It is a famine of God's love. Now, I know you're probably thinking to yourself, wait a second, Pastor. God's love for us is unconditional. Absolutely. It's not God's love for us. It's our love for God and our love for others. Please don't miss that. It's not God's love for us. It is our love for God and our love for others. There is a famine in the land. You see, the word gape here means godly love. Amen. And it's not a lack of love. Well, hold on a second. What I'm, tr- I'm trying to speed up a little bit because I know that we're in a hurry, but listen to me. It's not a lack of love in general. I didn't say it's a lack of love in general. I said it's a famine of God's love. Because we love ourselves. That's plenty of, there's plenty of love for ourselves going around. But far as others go, there's a lack of it. When we first started this church, we started off a little yellow house of prayer. And our very first scripture was, this is how we know love, that we will lay down our lives for one another. When is the last time we laid down our lives for one another? Now, it's not a lack of love, what I was telling you, because we love our children. And that's called a storygate type of love. It's not the same type of godly love that I'm talking about. There's no lack of that type of love. There's, and there's also called an eros type of love. There's no, there's no lack of that. In fact, it's probably even more of an eros type of love than any type of love. And that's a lustful love. It's an erotic love. There's times where, where I mean, right now we're, we're with the internet and everything, there's so much type of that type of love or what you call lust. It's going around rapidly. There's no famine in that. There's no lack in that. 
And then there's a phileo love, which is a brotherly love. And everybody's trying to get along. Can't we all just get along? Muslims, people, listen, as long as, you know, everybody's just, you know, God's children. And everybody should just get along. And it doesn't matter if you're straight and this way, black, white, and this. And everybody's just trying to get along. And so it's kind of like, let's just be brothers. And there's not a lack of phileo type of love. There's not a famine of that. But there is a famine of godly love. Jesus said it, it would happen. You see, these type of messages are not popular nowadays. They're really not. Because it makes you think. It makes you examine yourself. It makes you think that somebody's judging you. I am, man, that church surface. If you don't leave this, listen, if you don't leave church with some type of conviction or some type of teaching or something, then you know what? You're in the wrong church. Turn your Bibles to Matthew. Now, just remember this. He just got through saying, they came, the disciples come to Jesus. I'm going to run it down to you. The disciples say to Jesus, one of, those la- one of the final days and one of these things, we, what are the signs and what are we going to see, right? The, the disciples come to Jesus and ask him a question. And he says, you know, you will be this, 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 this. And he says, there will be wars, rumors of wars, famines. Someone say famines. And we just spoke about Amos. We, we're, we're, you know what the thing is? We're looking for a famine. We're looking for some type of famine. We're looking for some type of drought. We're looking for some type of shortage of food or some type of water. And he says, listen, that's not what there's a shortage of. That's not what the famine I'm talking about. Jesus himself said, listen, I'm not going to send you a famine of water or a famine of food. I'm going to send you, it's going to be a different type of famine. A famine of God's word, of hearing of the Lord. When's the last time we heard from the Lord? You know when you're in love, you want to hear from him? Amen? How many married? When you're in love, love, come on, somebody. You know what that means? When things are going good and you guys are close. Hello, when you're close. Thank you. You want to hear from that person. Amen? But when you're not close and you have a, a, you know, there's a wedge between you. Come on, it's called turn the back. Hmm. That never happened in your marriages, right? Death never happened in mine, right, Jen? How many have best friends? When things are going good, you want to talk to that person. You want to share with that person. Amen? But when things are not going so good, you don't want to hear from that person. You know why? Because our love is conditional. How many people love God? Say, I love God. Raise your hand if you love God. Tell me one reason why you love God. Anybody? Okay. He's faithful. He's good. Because he first loved you. He changed your heart. He's merciful. He gave you life. He chose you. But what if I told you those are still conditions? Hold on a second. Those are still conditions. 
Why do you love God? Because he blessed me with a beautiful wife. He, he restored my family back together. He gave me good father-in-laws. Come on, somebody. And because now I eat better and, and, you know, I feel better about myself. And I'm always talking about God's love in that way. But guess what? His love for me is unconditional. What if he based his love for me the way I base it upon him? Man, I love God. Why? Because I got paid. Man, I love God. Why? Because my team won. You think it's funny, but it's true. Man, I love God. Why? Because my kids are doing good in school. What if your kids weren't doing good in school? What if you didn't get a raise? What if your marriage was still messed up? What if that and what if this? See, our love for God is conditional when his love for us is unconditional. Like I said, ain't too, not too many good people are going to clap because, you know what, you're going to begin to examine yourself and see if you really love God. I told you there's a famine in the land. And if you can't, you know, we're worried about this president and who's going to be the president. Is it Trump? Is it this guy? Is it Hillary Clinton? Is it this person? It's that person. It's this person. It's, listen, we're worried about the wrong things. You should be worried about who, you know, who can I love? Who can I help out to get, who can I lay down my life for? Don't expect somebody else to make you happy. It's never going to happen. Oh, you missed that. I'm going to talk to this people over here. Don't expect somebody else to, to fill a void in your heart and make you happy because it's never going to happen. The only person that can make you happy is when you get connected with God. Now, let's read this. This is Jesus speaking. Amen. Someone said Jesus is speaking. And then he said, many will be offended. And some of you are offended tonight. You are offended tonight. Many of you will be offended. I'm offended that God, that pastor is even questioning my, my relationship with God. Well, I'm not the one that's going to take the test. This is a self-examination test. And I'm not the one that can pass or fail. I'm just a pastor. I'm not God. Someone say, many will be offended. And will what? Betray one another. And hate one another. Betray one another? Yes. Christian marriages are going to divorce just as much as secular marriages. Christian friends are leaving one church hopping here, this church and that church and this church and that. I want to go here and I'll go there. And I want, why? Because you know what? It, it, it's all about me. It's all about self. I, I don't like that pastor because, you know, he, he didn't say hi to me. Or I don't like that church because, you know, they're rude there. And I don't like this and I don't like that. Because our love or our relationships are conditional. Offended? Man, I got offended. What, what does that matter? I feel like I'm getting betrayed. It's going to happen. Jesus himself was betrayed. Jesus was sold out for 30 pieces of silver. The 11 of his best friends took off running when he needed them the most. But we want to be Christians. Amen. Someone said that many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. Many false prophets, many pastors behind the pulpit who have the, the authority to speak to people, the word of God, will never speak messages as this. 
And I'm not trying to pat myself in the back and say, oh, see, I'm different. No, what I am telling you is that many false prophets will say, you know what, all roads lead to heaven. That God's word is not for us today. That God speaks to us directly and we don't really need this. Cheer up and we're going to make it through and you keep coming and you keep tithing and we're going to have a good time and let's build and build and build and build. And rather than building relationships, they're building buildings. So we'll say false prophets. And because lawlessness will abound, let's read this together. The love, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. Now, I think that's just straight out. That's Jesus speaking. Because of lawlessness shall abound in the end times, the love of many will grow cold. And don't just sit here and tell me, oh, my love has been from the day I said I do, it's always been the same. And I'm not even talking about with my wife. I'm talking about with my God. I remember when I was so in love with God, when he would tell me to jump, I would say, how high? When he would tell me to go, I would say, where can I go and what can I do for you? Whatever you need, God. You want me to go here and get on the bus and go preach to these people and go help the homeless and do this and that and this and that? And guess what? Because I got offended and because I got betrayed and because these things didn't happen according to what I thought, all of a sudden my love for God began cold when it had nothing to do with God. You know Why? Because I put a condition on God's love. And he says it so clearly. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. But I gave my heart to Jesus. Yes, and three other gods. called me, myself, and I. He who endures to the end. He who makes it to the end. Not who he starts the race, but he who finishes his race. Not who says I do, but he who keeps his vows. <laughs> Shall endure to the end. In other words, it's going to take endurance. It's going to take hardship. It's going to take trials. It's going to take tribulation. It's going to take ups. It's going to take downs. But in that time of trial and tribulation, my love for my wife or my love for my God or my love for my children or my love for you should never change. If it's a godly love. Now, if it's an arrow's love, it might change because I might get older and that changes. Hello. If it's a story gay love, then something might happen. We might get a conflict where I don't get along with my children, and that might change. If it's a filet of love, maybe you might do something to me, and you're not my friend anymore. That might change. But my love for God should never change. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. It's not how you start the race. It's how you finish it. It's not how you start your marriage, it's how you, to death do you part. You see, we live in a generation, listen, we live in a generation where the marriage is always about the bride. 
the, the bride's the main star. The groom just looks like a... The bride's the star. It's all about the bride. And you know what the crazy thing is? It's all about us. We're the bride of Christ. When it shouldn't be about the bride, it's about the groom. Because the groom died for us to be the bride. So I want to say examination time. Turn your Bibles real quick. 2 Timothy chapter 3. Now, I want to tell you, there's not a lack of, listen, there's not a lack of love. There's a lack of godly love. There's a lack of agape. Someone say there's a lack of agape. What if I even told you there's a lack of agape in agape? I said there's a lack of agape in agape. And in other words, unless we bring agape back, let's take that off our name. Now, I want you to pay attention. We're, we're, we're there. We're, we're getting it. We're, we're, yes, okay. But know this, that in the last days, perilous times will come. Now, when you think of perilous times will come, what I'm thinking is, oh, my God, ISIS, ISIS. Oh, oh there's going to be, oh, there's, there's probably some armies out there that want to destroy America. Amen? There, there, there's probably people all over the place, are, and we're so afraid, 9-11 and this and that. Listen, when perilous times are coming, these are the perilous times. These are the famine times. For men will be lovers of themselves. We live in a selfie generation. Me, myself, and I. It's conditional. I'll keep going to the church as long as they keep telling me what I want to hear. I'll stay in my marriage as long as she does what I tell her to do. What do I get out of it? You see, I got a lot of people who at, at, one, at one time wanted to be my friend. They wanted to be my buddy. They, they, they come by and say, you know, Pastor, God put in my heart to give you this money. And da, da, da. Listen, I'm not for sale. Keep your money. Keep your money. Because I knew the intentions of their heart. They were just wanting to get close to me to get position. Now, if you want to give me money, see me after church. Because there's no positions available. Now, when you think of perilous times, come on, let's keep it real. We think of, oh, my God, there's going to be this, and there's going to be that, and there's going to be this. and we're gonna be Listen what he's trying to say to us. Men will be lovers in themselves. Now, that's perilous. That's famine. What I mean by that, that's a drought. That's a lack of, but there's not a lack of love because you sure love yourselves. How do we know this? If I took a picture of you right now, boom, I put it on the screen. What's the first person you look for? Oh, my God, you got me like this, you know. You've got a spiritual selfie stick right now. I don't care about myself. Well, then fast for three weeks. Well, I wouldn't go that far. Let's just start there. 
Someone say lovers of themselves. Now, we're going to talk about two different types of love, right? I said there's a famine, but not of, of, not of regular love because a lot of people love themselves. Someone say lovers of themselves. Someone say lovers of money. Boasters. Proud. Blasphemers. Disobedient to parents. Unthankful. Unholy. Listen to this. Unloving. Unforgiving. Slanderers. Without self-control. Brutal. Despisers of good. Traitors. Headstrong. Haughty. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Now that's a different type of love. Having a form of godliness but denying its power. And from such people turn away. In other words, be very careful of of sheep in wolves' clothing. I love you, brother. I don't have anything. Well, I don't love you too much. And you know what's the sad thing is? When when churches recruit other people from church, they never recruit the ones that have no money. They never recruit homeless. Hello? Because they have no money. They wait till they get healthy, they wait till they get strong, and then they start recruiting. Right? Why would they want homeless and unido kind of people? You're like, oh, my God, I can't believe you said that. Listen to me, I came from a men's home. I know you knew these kind of people are. I was in the home for three years. That's all. I, I didn't get out in six months. Come on, somebody. I had three years. I needed another two and a half. You too? Send her back. No, I'm just playing. Listen, I had to go to the men's home for a long time. Why? Because God had to deal with me. But nobody recruited me. I didn't see those churches recruiting me then. And this is where the false prophecy comes in. And this is where the kind of teachings come in. And this is where all that weird ideology come in where you don't, you know, that, that's just ghetto kind of church. You know what? Jesus loved the ghetto kind of church. He didn't really like the religious people. Please don't miss that. Now, that is a different type of love. 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Though I speak with tongues of men. And of angels, but not have love, I become a sounding brass and a clinging cymbal. Although I have the gift of prophecy, come on somebody, and understand the mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have faith, so I could remove mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow my goods and feed the poor, and the, come on somebody, and though I, listen, even the rich young ruler, even if he would have gave all that he had and fed the poor, if he didn't love Jesus, he did it for nothing. He did it for nothing. Listen to me. He did it for nothing. It's not the sacrifice of giving of material things. It's a sacrifice of giving of your heart. What could you give a God that has everything in your heart? He don't need your gold. His streets are filled with gold. He don't need your diamonds. He don't need any. You know what he really wants from you? He wants your heart. And he wants your heart to be with unconditioned. 
God, I'm going to love you if you do this. God, I'm going to love you if you heal her. God, I'm going to love you if you do this. God, I'm going to love you if you make me sober. God, I'm going to love you. Listen, God says, listen, I'm not into let's make a deal. I already gave the deal. I gave the deal of my life when I gave my son on the cross. Now, listen, I want you to hear something. Instead of lovers of self, this is what it says. And though I give my body to be burned and not have love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long. The word there means agape. That's the godly love that there's a famine in the land. People don't want to suffer long. Come on, somebody. You barely even kind of have a headache. Give me the aspirin. Give me the Tylenol. Give me the ibuprofen. Nowadays, we don't want to suffer long. We don't want to suffer long. It's called, let's get a divorce. Let's change jobs. Let's jump from another church to another church. We don't want to suffer long. We don't want to go through stuff. We don't, I don't like pain. I don't like sorrow. But guess what? Agape suffers long. Selfish love is lovers of themselves. Unholy. Unthankful. Unforgiving. But agape, guess what? Jesus can put his name there. Instead of the word love, I guarantee you, if you put Jesus suffers long, yes, he did. He still does. Because he suffers long with us. Jesus suffers long. He is kind. Jesus does not envy. Jesus does not parade itself. He is not puffed up. Jesus does not behave rudely. Jesus does not seek his own. Jesus is not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Jesus bears all things, believes all things, and hopes all things, endures all things. Jesus never fails. Agape never fails. Godly love never fails. Now, there is a different type of love. There's that selfish love, and there's that agape love. And let me tell you something. This land is in a famine of godly love. Houses, Christian houses, are in a famine of agape love. Now, I'm not worried about the, the, the secular world. This is why Peter says the Lord is not slack concerning his promise as some kind of slackness. He's not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. And repentance of what? You fell out of love with God. I know your works, see? I see before your works. I see that you have done this and you have done that. And you, but you left your first love. You didn't lose it. You left it. You divorced it. You got other lovers. It's a selfie generation. And you know what? It's a spirit. It's a spirit that's going over this nation. This it was called United States. There was unity. We were one nation under God. But somebody decided to say, you know what? We shouldn't say the Pledge of Allegiance. We shouldn't sing that song. We shouldn't do this. And, and they said, we should have bathrooms for everybody and men, women, and, and people who want to dress like women and, and this person. And we want to honor this guy because he, he changed it to a woman. And you know what? And I was, let's just all get along. That's more love. Love. And that's what they call it. They call it love. And as the Christians, we don't say nothing. Hello, 
As Christians, we don't say nothing. I believe the Christians went into the closet and something else came out. And it's not trying to be funny, by the way. The Christians are hiding. And if you love somebody, you stand up to them. If your daughter's doing something wrong, you stand up to say, you're doing wrong. And I can't, I can't go for that because according to the word is this. If, if you're somebody's doing wrong, I can't do that, son, because according to the word, you're doing that. I love you enough to tell you the truth. I'm not loving you enough to be your friend. I'm your father. I'm your, come on, somebody. I don't need to be your friend. If you want to unfriend me, then unfriend me. But I'm going to love you to the day I die. Because my love for you is without condition. Let's go back a few more. I want you to examine yourself. Are you 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 5? Are you 1 Corinthians chapter 13? Are you a lover of God or a lover of yourself? And you know how you can tell? Here's the passing grade or the failing grade. Can you remove the word love there and put your name there? Can you say Jennifer suffers long? Joaquin suffers long. Chris suffers long. April suffers long. Can you put your name there? Now listen, there's a difference. There's people who are codependent. Oh, I suffer long. You only suffer long because it's a selfish reason. That's why it's called codependent. You're suffering long because, you know what, you don't want to suffer. There is a big difference. Oh, I put up with it. Putting up with it is not suffering. Suffer long is what your mother does when she's praying and she's crying. And she doesn't give up on you. And she calls those things that are not as they were. And she says, you know what, I know right now you're a drunkard, but I see a pastor in you. That's called suffering long. It's not putting up with nonsense. It's suffering long. Can you put your name there? I suffer long. I want to be kind. I don't want to be jealous or envious. I don't want to parade myself. I don't want to be puffed up. I don't want to behave rudely to my wife or my children or my friends. I don't want to seek my own. I don't want to be provoked. I don't want to think no evil. I don't want to rejoice in iniquity. But I want to rejoice in the truth. I want to bear all things. I want to believe all things. I want to hope all things. I want to endure all things. I want to never fail. But whether it's prophecies, they will fail. Whether there's tongues, they will cease. Whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. Now listen to this. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is part will be done away. Now I want to speak to you tonight. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child, a child cannot love the way he, because he's not mature enough to love. He's still young. He's still just developing. He's still, he's still thinking, what is a child? Listen, how do I know this? Because me and my wife were just talking about something on the way here. There was something going on and we're saying, you know what, we need to do this and we need to do that. And, and you know what, right after church, we got to do this and this and this. And the person just listening to our conversation says, what are we going to eat afterwards? And he's serious. 
You know why? Because he's a child. And a child's concern is with himself. Quit being a child. Grow up. Be a man of God. Be a woman of God. Quit concerning about yourself. What you're going to eat and what you're going to wear. Life is more than food and clothing. Quit thinking as a child would think. It's good to have childlike faith and believe you can fly. But quit thinking childlike when it comes to love. Take a child on the, to Target and go buy the toys and, and see how the way they act. But as a mature adult, you say, we can't afford it. You start rationalizing. You start thinking mature thoughts. Oh, I can't do it because of this. And, and I'm thinking that because of that. And I have to be more about food than this because you're more concerned about other things than just having a toy. We need to grow up. Hello? We need to grow up. We need to embrace our age. We need to embrace the fact that, hey, we're getting a little older. But as a little older, we should be more in love. Oh, that doesn't happen. Yes, it does. I know Jun loves me more now than she ever done before. Because I love her even now more than I have ever had before. Why? Because love is mature. We've gone through some ups and we've gone through some downs. We've gone through some hard times and good times. And through those times, we found God even stronger and stronger in our marriage. And without God in our marriage, it would have never lasted. I put away childish things. I need you to say that to yourself. I need to put away childish things. Hey, listen, embrace your age. Listen, you're getting older. I don't care what you do, you're getting older. It's, it, it doesn't, listen, time doesn't stop for nobody. I'll say it again. Time does not stop for, how many people remember just Christmas? Right? Didn't we just have Christmas? We're already going into March. Is it me or is it time flying? Right? Is, it, is it only when you get older? Because I know the people, the child in school, hello, oh my God, it's taking so long to get out. Because that's the way a child thinks. Time is flying, church. We need to learn how to embrace our age. We need to embrace our maturity with our levels with God. It's time to put away. you for now
live anymore. I can't do selfish things because I don't live anymore. It's no longer that I live. It is Christ that lives within me. For I have been crucified. And the desires and the passions of this world. I have put on Christ. And so when people ask me, hey, Pat, how do you do this? And how do you do that? And how do you do this? How do you agape, 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 agape? That's the only way. Because I know who I am. I was in the world, and I see myself as a Christian. I was a father when I was in the world, and I became a father. They like me a lot more as an agape. There's a famine in the land, church. And I know what you're thinking. Yes, it's awful out there. I'll go as far as saying this. There's not only a famine in the land, there's a famine in the churches. There's not only a famine in the land, we are part of the land. The same land that we're supposed to take back. If my people who are called by my name would humble themselves and pray and seek their face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear from heaven and heal the land. He's not just talking about non-believers. He's talking about Christians, Christians, Christians. I know your works, see? I see how good you guys worship and dance and preach and do children's ministry. And I see that you, you're doing a lot of great things. But nevertheless, I have this against you. You love yourself more than you love me. You care about yourself more than you do me. You're more concerned what you look like. Have you even seen his face? How could you marry somebody that you haven't even seen their face? How could you love somebody and you haven't even seen their face? There's a veil that's hidden over him because we put it there. Because we don't want to see his deformed face. Jesus would not win People's Magazine Most Handsome Man in the World. He was bruised for our iniquity. He was, he was beaten for our, our, our sin. He, he, he was plucked. His beard was plucked off his face. They hit him so hard with the rock. It damaged his face. They put a crown of thorns in his head. How could you marry somebody that you never met? You know why? For selfish reasons. I don't want to go to hell. So I might as well love God. I don't want to drink anymore. So I might as well turn over to a higher power. His name happens to be Jesus, I guess. And this is why he says at the end, I don't even know you. For you don't even bother to see me for who I am. His love for us is unconditional. He was bruised. 
as your pastor, I'm going to tell you something. I used to imagine what Jesus did for me, and it would be broken all the time, and I would cry all the time, and, and I would just think about the, 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 the shedding of blood, that he was my best friend, that he was my father. He was the one that never left me nor forsake me. He's the one that picked me off the gutter and helped me. He dusted me off, and he picked me up and said, get on my team. I'll take you. I know that you rejected you. I know they didn't want you, but I'll take you. They left you for dead, but I'll take you. They left you out there in your own blood, but I'll wrap you up and clean you myself. And I'll heal you myself. And I'll bless you with her and give you back your children. And I'll do this. And I just imagine his face and I would cry and be broken and hear songs and I'd be broken. And then one day, one day I just got hurt and said, I don't want to hurt no more. But I forgot agape suffers long. I don't want to feel no more. How would you like to be in a marriage with no feelings? And it wasn't not long ago when I said, you know what, God? I want my emotion back. I want to feel again. Because I don't want to do this unless I feel it. And little by little, he would just touch me and and I would break and he would touch me and I would break and I'd begin to see his face again and I begin to see his face again and I see his hand again and I see his love again and I missed it so much when you know somebody loves you that much that they would die for you that they will never leave you nor betray you It does something to a man. It does something to a woman to know that you're important enough to, that somebody would die for you. He's like a prince of peace. He came into this and he protected me. I don't need another this or that. I need, I need more love, God. I need more of your love. I need, I need to see your face again. I want that passion again. I got caught up in this whole whatever. And I'm tired of it. I don't want to build a church. I want to build a relationship. Oh, Jesus. Please forgive me for my selfishness. For thinking of myself before others. I want your mind who did not consider robbery to be equal with God but you made yourself no reputation Lord taking the bond servant you humbled yourself and you died for me so I could live with you eternity and I want to be able to love again I want to be able to agape again I want to be able to put my name in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, remove love and put Joaquin. I don't want to be a 2 Timothy chapter 3. I, I'm tired of worried about myself. If people want to do this to me, then I'm just going to worry about myself. If people are going to hurt me, I'm just going to worry about myself. I'm just going to worry about myself. I'm just going to worry about myself. You know what? I didn't even love myself in the world, so why should I love myself now? I want to love God again. This church. 
God again. I want to see this church on fire for God again. I want to see this church having a passion for God again. And if you desire to say, you know what, God, I want that passion back. I want you to stand from your chair right now.